Hello and welcome to episode nine of Jeff Brazier, Only Human, my honest and open podcast, where we can talk and ask questions about what's working in our lives and also what we're finding difficult. As a trained life coach, I believe a straight talking conversation is vital to our future happiness, mental health and positivity. So this podcast is all about doing exactly that, saying out loud what we're finding tough and sharing advice and tips on things that are helping removing the expectations we put on ourselves and taking every day one step at a time. So I've chosen to speak about positivity today because it's probably one of the most important areas for our mental health. Me personally, I've always been incredibly positive, but less so now. Um, You might listen to that and think, oh, what's wrong? Um, And I'd have to say absolutely nothing. Things are actually better. So how can that be the case? Um, Over the last three or four years of therapy, I've learned to actually allow the opposites in because I have started to realize just how important that they are. So if we are completely positive and we don't allow any negative to to come in, and that was absolutely the case for me. Now, very often that will originate from um, a tricky childhood, potentially traumatic experiences. And for me, in order to survive, I had to be very matter of fact, I had to be very logical, very rational, and I had to find solutions because otherwise then, you know, who else was going to? So that became my day to day. Uh, That was my mindset. And all throughout my 20s and probably 30s as well, I was looking at it thinking, well, this is really good. You know, and I remember describing to people how I only really have a down day every three months or something. And I was I was being truthful about that. You might be listening to this thinking, well, why would you want to swap that? That's that's like the holy grail of mental health, isn't it? To always be positive and up and just have one down day every now and again. But it isn't because it isn't human. <laughs> and you know, the title of the podcast being only human is to um, ultimately accept as I have learned and grown to be able to do that negativity is really vital in helping us to actually enjoy positivity a little bit more and to become a more rounded human being. For me, the way that it manifested was that I would always use positivity to a point where people would find it really difficult to come to me with an issue. I can see how, and you know, I've referred back to this SAS experience just because it really encapsulated it perfectly. And that's where people were struggling. They could sort of look at others and think, well, they get how I feel. So I'm going to have a chat with them about how I'm doing. Um, Whereas they might have looked at me and thought, Jeff seems like he's he's sort of breezing the physical stuff. And um, as a result, I'm not going to go up to him and say like, Jeff, uh, that was absolutely diabolical, wasn't it? Because he's just going to say no and make me feel maybe slightly more inadequate. You know, I realized it was making me inaccessible. And, you know, I wanted to be a part of the group. I wanted to be a part of everything. And I was there looking out for people and um, being a part of it to an extent. But I recognized that by being um, unbelievably positive, I was actually always making myself sit on the fringe of things because that was safe for me. And again, I understand how that's come from my childhood. But I would, yeah, I would keep a safe distance. And actually, if I was being honest, over the last 12 years, especially since the boys losing their mum, I'd kept a safe distance socially as well because I couldn't risk you know having any more um, people leaving me I used to sit on the on the outside of things and that that was where I preferred 
when I was a footballer and, and sort of before, you know, in my 20s, I was in the middle of everything and in the middle of everybody. And I prefer to be that way. And I long to get back to that. And I've taken steps to towards being able to recalibrate something in your life. Yeah, that experience was vital to me. I don't want to sit on the fringe anymore. I don't want to use positivity as a shield or a reason not to feel because then I'm not being entirely human or I'm not having the human experience that I think I want. So thanks to my therapist for teaching me about opposites, for enabling me to be comfortable feeling uncomfortable, comfortable feeling the undesirable emotions such as grief and such as, you know, just just sadness and feeling low. And actually, and I've alluded to this in the past, but I actually enjoy feeling low because I never allowed myself to feel that in the past. Now I can feel it. I just feel like a better person for it. And kind of separate myself from it and say, well, that's where I'm at. What do I need to do in order to just climb up a few of the steps in order to feel better? And I've got that for you today. And that's why we're talking about positivity. I hope you enjoy it. Okay, our first question on positivity, Jeff, this morning is from Danielle. I've worked really hard on my positivity uh, over the last five years. At first, I felt I was lying to myself constantly, but over time, it's become ingrained in me and it's now more a real way of life. It's probably made me a little bit more sensitive towards other people being negative in attitude. I don't think if it's genuinely warranted, then I move away from it. Yeah, love those sentiments, to be honest. And it, it's like you've kind of got it, you've discovered it. Because I think positivity for some people is saying that we have to discover. And what I particularly loved is how you described that you aligned to yourself in the beginning. And if we feel negative, and if anyone listening to this is like, no, I'm more glass half empty, um, then it would feel not only like you're lying to yourself, but it would feel quite risky as well if you were to start saying to yourself, you know, I am better than this and I deserve a happy life or I deserve to be treated with respect or my boundaries are very much where they need to be and what they need to be. These kind of positive statements would be like, am I, no, come on, I'm lying. Can I say this to myself? Can I really get away with this? Is this the reality? But the truth is, and we've touched on this in the past, is that we are like computers in that we can program ourselves, we can be programmed by others, but we can reprogram at any time. So let's condition ourselves to actually feel the right kind of sentiments towards ourselves. It might feel like when you begin that that this feels a bit awkward and a bit odd, um, but then actually over time, what will happen is that it will feel like less of a lie as the days go by until all of a sudden, It's actually your truth because that's where our truths come from. Our truths were not there from birth. Our truths were given to us by other people, by experiences when we were younger or in young adult life. And we agree with them and they become rules. And we don't necessarily need to abide by these rules for the rest of the whole of our lives. You know, if we reprogram ourselves, we would continually tell ourselves positive things, which would become over time a belief. This next question is anonymous. Positivity has been up and down through the 12 months. Social media, I think, plays a lot through this last year. Lots of things have been linked to it, uh, especially when it leads to a scrolling. Uh, Yeah, scrolling is a big issue for us. I mean, social media can be the solution. It can be the problem. It can be a little bit of both, can't it? But you know what? It is completely up to us as to how much 
we expose ourselves to it and actually what part of social media, what side of it we expose ourselves to as well. Just like with the news, um, just like with people that rant and scream and shout first thing in the morning on breakfast television. If we're watching those things, then we are allowing that to affect our mood. We are complicit in our mood being lowered as a result. So we have to take some responsibility in terms of the external influences that we allow into our environment. So you have a choice what you watch, read and listen to. Each time that we expose ourselves to something that we know makes us feel negative is literally a vote for negativity. Um, Whereas the option, like I've done when it comes to anything to do with a pandemic, uh, anything to do with vaccinations, anything that's particularly contentious, uh, whether it be Piers Morgan, the Harry Meggard situation, um, is to just switch it off. And I can still have an opinion, but I don't need to live in that cycle of, ah, that's really irritating me and that's annoying me. And I think a lot of us are so caught in that uh, at the moment. And don't get me wrong, there are a lot of things going on in the world right now that really do deserve and have the right to make us feel um, something. But as I say, how often we expose ourselves to it is our choice. Um, Do we have to listen to it as much as we do? Can we taper that back slightly? Can we do it at a manageable um, uh, level um, so that actually we're sort of informed, which is important to us, um, and we've got our opinion, but actually we're not living in it. We're not actually married to it on a daily basis, and we're not got it on repeat and on loop literally the whole day, because I think that that's detrimental for our state of mind. And, and in some respects, you are hurting yourself as a result of listening to it. So uh, if Piers Morgan's listening, uh, don't take that personally. You are good at what you do. But I couldn't listen to you every day just simply because I know that it would, it would affect my mental health. I would set a challenge. Anyone listening to this who are thinking, oh, that's interesting. What am I actually complicit in? And what am I, what am I not? So I think that What would be very good for you to do is to write a list of the things that you expose yourself to that give you a sense of positivity, that heighten your positivity. Then write a list of the things that actually drain you and that send your positivity plummeting down towards a negative sense of what your day is or or who you are in that particular moment. And your list will dictate and pretty much tell you and define um, whether you're exposing yourself to things that have a negative impact on you. Um, it, it, I don't know if you can hear Bobby um, sounding like Tarzan upstairs there. He's feeling positive first thing in the morning on a Sunday. That's good for me. That's good, good to hear. Good for me as a parent. Um, but yeah, take control of what you are exposing yourself to from the external. Be the gatekeeper. We need to be able to be like a, a nightclub doorman and say, right, not watching that. I'm not reading that and I'm not listening to him or her because they're going to drain me. And that will inevitably improve our positivity. This is a growing community and I want everybody to just feel free to share whatever they're finding difficult in a moment across whatever genre or topic really using everything that we've learned over the last nine weeks um, to... (laughs) Bob's really screaming and shouting upstairs. Um, So get your questions into jeff at onlyhumanpod.com. This is Anonymous again. 
I'm a 42 year old teacher. My positivity has grown as I've got older and more so after going through things like miscarriages. Rather than dwell on it, I actually come out of it thinking, thank God I survived it and I'm alive. And it's made me more grateful for everything I have, especially my two boys. You know, I've always questioned why do some people turn left and others turn right? People can have a variety of traumatic experiences in life. Um, and if we're talking about traumatic experiences in childhood, um, me being fostered, not knowing my real biological dad, learning that he was was dead, you know, growing up in an environment that was quite hostile, then having to run away to women's institutes and things like that. You know, there's a there, that, that's my little list of like things that were not particularly great for me in childhood. But why was I able to take all of those experiences and turn them into um, positive fuel, if you like, um, that made me want to have a life that I felt like I deserved, uh, you know, on account of the things that were not great for me when I was younger. For lots of us that have had traumatic experiences in the past, um, some of us just use it as fuel to motivate ourselves to live a better life. Um, whereas some of us, you know, use it to cling on to for the rest of their life and, and, ultimately use it as justification to, to just sort of remain within their comfort zone. Now, that's me describing how it might be a conscious choice. I think that a lot of it is subconscious, but what we never know is whether we're pre-programmed to turn left or right when it comes to making a decision as to whether we're going to um, bounce back from something or actually whether it is literally going to defeat us and devastate us for the rest of our living existence. You know, I think that there's obviously something genetical there. Um, I, I wouldn't say that my mum or my stepdad were particularly positive people in, in, in many respects. So I don't think that I learned my positivity from them. I think my Positivity came from um, a sort of a desire to survive, if you like, and a desire to grow and and come out of everything that, that I'd experienced. I guess what I'm coming round to saying is that I think we have to be, as you know, the person who asked that question was grateful for these difficulties that we've experienced. They do not define us. Actually, these things are there for us to use as a springboard at a point, not instantly. It would take a lot of um, a lot of processing. It would take um, an element of acceptance over what happened and why it happened. Um, but in order to free ourselves from the the impacts of these traumatic events and to actually use it as something that can propel us forwards, uh, you know, I think is 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 I'd hope is available to all of us if that is the way that we are set up wired. Um, and I'm really grateful that I've been able to use all of my examples of difficult situations to make me want to want to work through them and get past them, but actually take the value from them. So let me finish that by just asking you, are you taking the value from the negative things that happen to you or actually are they defining your path? Are they defining you as a person? has it ultimately pigeonholed you into the person that you've become because you have told yourself, well, that's it, because that happened, I now can no longer want for any more than what I've currently got. And if so, do you still agree with that? Because I'm not sure that I do. I think that the biggest example of me turning left instead of right is, I guess, you know, being fostered as a kid. This is probably my, my biggest test. 
been away from your mum for the duration of the time that I was fostered for. That that could have absolutely um, destroyed a, a young child. But in some respects, I know it, it sort of did cause a lot of damage because I've been unravelling it for the last four years. You know, it caused a lot of attachment issues. It caused a lot of issues in relationships for me. The reason I know I've turned left and that I've, I've managed to overcome it is because I, I guess I found the therapy in the first place. You don't go to therapy unless you want to tackle things head on and unless you, you, you actually want to be able to um, get rid of the effects of these things. And it has been a lot of hard work. It's been four years of having to look at things that are really difficult to look at. But the outcome is that actually you become a, a new version of yourself that, that actually isn't acting out of and making decisions based on the pain that you felt in the past. Whilst it took me 40 years to go from being the kid that was fostered to being the adult that does something about it, I don't mind that it took that long. What would bother me is if I had taken any longer. Imagine if I was 50, 60, 70, 80 and still having difficulties with, with attachment issues that kept me keeping people at arm's length that I love and care about. Now, that's how I know that I am only interested in self-developing and doing what is best for me and what is conducive to living as freely in myself as I possibly can. And I mentioned the word freely. I think it's important just to touch on that because I think a lot of us are trapped by our experiences of the past and our inability or our refusal to actually go back and look at it, have a better understanding of it. I, I hate the idea of people being trapped. I'd hate the idea of being trapped in something myself. But the truth was throughout my 30s, when it become, you know, I'm trying to have serious relationships and I keep failing at it. And it's because of my commitment issues. And I know that's because of my attachment issues. And I knew it had to have something to do with, with my past. Again, this is a good point of maybe just reflecting yourself on, am I trapped in something? Has something trapped me in a cycle of behavior um, that ultimately stemmed from something that happened in the past that made me impose a rule and an acceptance on something that actually isn't healthy for me? And if I do feel trapped in something and in a cycle, and you'll know whether you're trapped in something because it will produce the same outcome Time and time again, that same outcome that feels like you're hitting your head against a brick wall repetitively. If you do know what I'm talking about, because you do feel like there's something within your life feels very much like that, then you know what you can do about it. Because you know what I've done and you know that it has absolutely helped and it has made me feel like I'm not trapped anymore. I'm free from the effects of my childhood. Or at least I'm very much working on it, very much down the line I like to think towards you know you know one day being completely free of it okay this next question is from Nick he says I have to work at being positive I exercise read and try and keep a routine when I don't have a routine or have to change that routine it can dip and in the last year I've had to really adapt yeah, Nick, habits are massive. We've done habits as, a, as an entire subject, so let's just link the two together. Why are habits important to our positivity? When we plan to do something and then actually do it, that gives us a sense of achievement, which is obviously a positive feeling and emotion. So 
if we are planning good habits, like, yes, you know, I do the reading, the meditation, the training in the morning, first thing, feeling that I'm four, five nil up, what I'm doing is making myself, giving myself every reason to feel positive at the beginning of my day. So therefore, those habits have ultimately built the foundation for a good, positive, happy day. You know, if there is something that happens, you know, during that process or during the day that's that's particularly negative, um, then obviously that will help me to combat how I go about that issue. If I hadn't have had the good habits, if I didn't have the start to the day that I'm describing, then maybe that negative um, event or phone call or conversation would have actually floored me more so than it actually did. Because let's imagine it like an account, a bank account, or even like a penny jar. Okay, so for every good habit and for every good action, for every good word spoken, for every time that I've been kind to myself, I'm putting a penny in the positive jar. So then everything that might happen that's out of our control, of which we know, you know, there are a lot of things to do with positivity that are in our control and a lot that aren't. But every time something happens, that penny goes in the negative jar. But however, if my positive jar is far more full, which I control, by the way, than the negative one, then I know whenever it comes to that negative issue, I'm going to deal with it far better than I would do if I hadn't paid into that account, uh, the positivity account, if you like, beforehand. So um, I really believe in and really hope that everyone now kind of has a little think about on a daily basis via their habits and their thoughts and their words and their actions, how full is your positivity jar and actually how full is your negativity one? You know, not a lot of people feel more comfortable with with paying into the negativity jar because it means their expectations stay lower and that they're not actually going to be hurt as much if that phone call comes down. But obviously, yes, that pessimistic approach, it might make you feel like you're safe, but it will also mean that in life generally you're going sideways and that you're not achieving what you could. Or you're not achieving the levels of happiness that you could attain if you was a little bit more daring. Um, obviously I've had my difficult experiences in life and if I was affected by those experiences in a way where I thought right I'm not going to ask anything of life and I'm not going to I'm not going to dare to risk my feelings again being hurt in the way that they have done beforehand then you know I guess I I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing um, now in terms of you know I wouldn't be the person I am with the friends that I've got um, I'd probably have found the pandemic far more harder than, um, than than I did but I just personally feel that I earn the right to be positive by paying into the positive jar if you like you know my actions my behaviors the habits that I've got they set me up for positivity if any of you are pessimistic and you are listening to this well done for listening in the first place because I'd imagine that you might have wanted to have probably pressed pause or or, uh, or listen to something else. Um, but yeah, if you are a pessimist, just understand that you're a pessimist because you're regulating yourself and you're keeping yourself from expecting too much out of life just in case it fails and just in case it slaps you in the face again like it has done in the past. I understand why you feel the way that you do, but you do have more choice than maybe you've allowed yourself to see. This is from Hercule. I can be extremely positive when I'm in a moment in time, but after that moment has passed, I feel like I'm at the peak and it's all going to come crashing down. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's you climbing the ladder towards something good, feeling lost in a moment of, of happiness and positivity. 
and then something from the past reminding you, tapping you on the shoulder and saying, don't you remember feeling like this in the past and it all got taken away and you've been like, ah, yeah, you're right. I need to climb down the ladder and get back in my comfort zone. But see, what's really important is that we celebrate our wins, no matter how small they are. That's a really important element of creating positivity because it's us living and putting our attention into what's good. When it's there, you celebrate it. So the last thing that I felt um, really good about was my work yesterday. So I went to a game, I did a few good reports, good feedback. So I explained something quite complex in a way that I feel was quite understandable and relatable. Um, So job done, Um, job done on that front. So you have to get in the car and you have to tell yourself, I did a good job today. And it's not feeding your ego. It's not Um, it's not being uh, arrogant in any way. And a lot of us tell ourselves that things are arrogant and things are, are, you know, big head. And it's it's not like you have to be able to recognize when you've done good. And if you want to feel positive, tell yourself and celebrate that. We don't have to go over the top. Yeah, I'm going to pop a bottle of champagne because I did a good job today at work. You know, let's keep things relevant. But actually, if you want to go and really say thank you to yourself for doing a good job at something, That's just encouraging positivity. All right, so producer Emma has just put me on the spot and said, Jeff, what's positive for you right now then? I feel positive about the fact that I'm sat here in my Lycras, the fact that um, I haven't actually gone out and cycled physically um, probably for a couple of months. It's something that I love and really enjoy. My friend is coming around. We're going to go cycling together, so I'm getting that social element of it as well. I know I'm going to get some um, calories burnt, so that exercise... Um, part of it as well. Uh, Bobby is singing upstairs. I don't know what he's singing, but uh, it makes me happy because he sounds really happy as well. Um, I get to wear my new cycling glasses that my wife bought me for my birthday, which are pretty cool to be fair. Um, um, The football will be on later. In fact, my team's playing. They're not having the best of times lately, but I still feel positive about watching them. and that we're gonna be cooking a salmon side later on. That's, and I really like fish, so I'm really looking forward to that too. Courage. It takes courage to dare to risk our safety in order to extend that sense of positivity, to allow that positivity to come in, to want and look for reasons to be more positive, require courage. There is no should or shouldn't about it. It's not how you should feel or how you have to feel. It's about being a little bit more kind to yourself. And it's about recognizing the fact that there are reasons why I feel the way that I do. There are reasons why I feel a bit trapped within negativity. There are reasons why I feel like positivity is almost a bit of a stranger, if not sometimes an enemy. But whilst recognizing that, also recognizing the fact that I might be wrong and I should probably exercise a little bit of doubt. And if I use some courage that you know that you've got because you know you've been through a lot in the past and you know that if there's the one thing that having the resilience to get through those things and mean you're still here today, still battling on, is that you have had to have had some courage at some point. So you can't tell me that it's not there for you to pull on. So use that courage that you know is there in order to be a little bit braver each time. Take a little step outside of your comfort zone and dare to recognize positivity, to feel positivity 
and to know that you deserve to feel all of that. I hope that helps. The episode next week is going to take a slightly different twist, and that is that instead of me choosing a topic, I'm going to go completely with whatever you want to talk about. So there's no particular one theme. This is just a pure Q&A session. And we're going to consolidate and encapsulate everything that we've learned and spoke about in the first nine episodes. And we're going to just see whether any of those things can be particularly useful when it comes to dealing with and coping with your everyday dilemmas and problems. So send me an email at jeff at jeff at onlyhumanpod.com with a question on any subject. I want to make it all about you, solely about you, whatever it is that's particularly difficult for you right now. Thanks for listening to this episode of Only Human. If you like what you've heard, there'll be new episodes every Tuesday from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Absolute Radio app, or wherever you get yours. And remember, please rate and review the show.